How many of you are uh, planners? You like to plan things out. How many of you just go, hey, whatever, let's go do it? Right? That's me. I'm the, hey, I'd rather have somebody plan. Shannon and I have a, uh, a kind of an agreement over the years that <clears throat> uh, we would, uh, I plan all the time. I'm, I'm, my schedule is just, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, okay, here's a counseling and here's some marriage counseling and, and here's a wedding and then here's a funeral and so my time and then even as I work I'm planning for next week I'm planning for next year I'm planning for the cornerstone class I'm I'm just always planning so finally uh, I told Shannon I said look name the place we're gonna go and if I give you a thumbs up say that's good with me then do whatever you want and so that's the way things have been. She is the planner. I'm the person that, really, if you go on vacation with me, you'd probably think, what's wrong with him? Because what I do is until I want to do something, until I want something specific to eat, until I'm tired or until I want to swim or whatever it is or play golf, I'm the guy that always says, uh, that's fine with me. So she plans everything out. Uh, even our, our last vacation, I said, hey, listen, I, I need you to understand something. The last vacation we went on, it was great, but I needed two weeks vacation after we went on vacation because we were just, every, I mean, we are busy. And so, so this vacation that we go on, I, I, I just, whoever you decide that goes with us, just help them understand. If I don't want to go out to eat, it's not because I'm mad upset. I just don't want to go out to eat. If I don't want to get up, I'm not going to get up. If I'm not hungry, I'm going to. So she is the planner. She would get up every morning and ask the girls and go, okay, what's the plan? About three weeks ago, that happened. Uh, we got up, and I knew she was going to ask the question on a Saturday morning. And I was just waiting for it. And, I mean, we're sitting there having coffee, and she goes, so what's the plan? And I just smiled, and I said, I knew it was about to happen. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Because she's a planner. Well, I believe God is this planner for our lives. He really is. He's planned uh, so much for us. Because, and I keep on bringing you back, always to Psalm 139. What Psalm? 139, if you would just read Psalm 139 when you have a low self-esteem, you don't feel very used uh, by, the, by, by God, or you don't feel like things are going your, well, your way, Psalm 139. I would tell you, always go to Psalm 139 because it helps you understand who you are in Christ and it helps you understand that God has healed you before. It helps you understand that there's a book. Watch this. The scripture says this. There's a book ordained was written you before it came to pass. So what I want you to understand is as we go through this process of learning about Moses and learning how what God is doing is that he has a plan. So in, in our, our message is this. Remember, this is how I broke it down. It's not how... Uh, commentaries. This is what I, I, I liked about it, what I saw about it. Uh, first of all, chapter 1, it pretty much teaches us that God is our promise keeper, remember? And then in chapters 2 through 10, which is what we're working through right now, it teaches us that God is our champion. And every time you, every time you see that God champions his people, then you would write that down and say, champion. You'll see that through chapters 2 and 10, God always seems to champion uh, his people. So, this is what I want you to walk away today with. A mission for you is planned out in advance by God. Period. It says it's not about you. The mission is to bring glory to God. But there is a mission that's planned for you and I. And some of us are dissatisfied with our lives or we want to be doing something different. But if you truly believe in the sovereignty of God, that he's the one who moves pieces around. He's the one that leads people to other people to get those things that he needs 
that he wants done by his people, then you have to believe in the sovereignty of God. So I believe right now I'm supposed to be at this church, at this time, at this hour. This is really what I believe. Something that I'm going to say that God has put on my heart is going to trigger you to do something different. That's how, I be- how much I believe that uh, God is in control of my life and had a plan for that. All right? So this is what I want us to know today. So here's the first part of it, that God has a mission for you. Even if all I'm supposed to do is wait and to rest, that's a mission. Did you know that? Uh, uh, We're not going to focus on the burning bush because that's what everybody focuses on. Not that I don't think it's important. We're not going to focus on the burning bush or when God said, because this is about what's going to happen, is when God said, when Moses said, what do I tell him? And he says, I am that I am. That's what people focus on. We need to focus on that. You're going to hear more about that on July 5th as we go back and take a look at that moment. But what I want to focus on is how God dealt with Moses. That every question he had, God said, okay, I have a mission for you. So if we uh, look in our Bibles to uh, chapter, uh, chapter 3, we quit at verse 9 last week and now we're going to verse 10. If you're with me, say, oh yeah. Good deal. Here we go. Read along with me. He says, Therefore, I'll let you do that. We're just going to do the first three verses, if you don't mind, Barbara. It says, uh, It says, Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh. Why? So that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11. But Moses said to God, Well, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. So basically, I, I want you to know I'm the one that's telling you to do this. And here's the whole process. You are going to get the people out and you're going to bring, bring them to here and they're going to worship me. So it's about me, Moses. It's not about you. But I have a mission for you. Don't question the mission. The mission is for you. And so I want you to know that's what he said. He said, listen, I got this mission for you. Here's what I want you to do. It's simple. Now, the bad thing about that for us is what is our mission? Well, right now, I believe it's pastoring here until he opens the door. But what about you? What is your mission? I always tell people this. When you don't know what your calling is or what you're supposed to be doing, then all you need to do, really, all you need to do is put more of your focus on God and getting to know who he is, and then he will reveal the desires of your heart that are really his. Does that make sense? So whether you're retired, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a coach, whether you're at a plant, whether you're a pastor, or whatever it is that you do, whether you're a graduating senior, you go, I don't know what I want to do. I would always tell students, listen, you want to know what to do? You would say, God says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And you go, I don't know what those desires are. Well, then since God will give you the desires of your heart, focus on him, not the desires of your heart. The desire of your heart will begin to rise up and God will be able to guide you and lead you to where you're supposed to be. He has a mission for you, Right? He has a mission for you. Second thing, uh, the mission, listen, the mission is planned, it's planned out in, in, in advance. Look, how many times did Jesus say, remember when Jesus said to the disciples, he looked at him and he said, hey guys, he said, yeah, I'm going to leave here for, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to move up to heaven. But hey, and you can almost see the panic in their face. <gasps> well, what are we going to do? Hey, if I go, if I go, I've prepared a place for you. You're going to be with me one day. You know what that is? That's something he's already done in advance. 
Right? Listen, remember when, when the disciples came up and one of the people said, Hey, Jesus, why is that man, why is that man palsy like that? Why is that man sick? Is it because his father sinned or because his father's father sinned? Remember what, remember what Jesus said? Well, it's neither. It's so that Gloria will be brought to me. So he had a mission, and that mission is one day that that, that person would be an answer to, hey, it's all about God, not about them. And then he says, rise and walk. There's always a mission that's planned in advance for God's glory. Right? And so here's where we look at verse uh, chapter, uh, uh, verse uh, 13, I think it is. Verse 13, let's start there. Then Moses said to God, behold, I am going to the sons of Israel. And I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may, now they may see, uh, they may say to me, what is his name? And what shall I say to them? And look at the advance notice. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said this, he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am, has sent me to you. God furthermore said, I like that, furthermore said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob have sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. Now you go, and you gather the elders of Israel together, and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me saying I am indeed concerned about you and what you have been doing in Egypt he, really I am indeed concerned I want you to stop and think about that for you whatever it is you're going through he is indeed concerned I really believe that look it says and about you and what you've been doing in Egypt so I said I will bring you out of the affliction I'm going to bring you out of this affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite to the land flowing with milk and honey. And they will pay heed to what you say. And you with the elders of Israel will come to the king of Egypt and you will say to him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews has made, has met with us. Look, so that, so now please let, let us go to three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Look, don't, don't lose this. But I know that the king of Egypt will not permit you to go. You see that? He knows everything. He knew in advance. He, Moses says, well, well, how's this going to work? I got everything worked out. I work in advance. Before you were born, Moses, a book was written about you. And it's for your story. And your story can come to pass. All I need you to do is realize I got a mission for you. I've planned things out in advance. And ultimately it's going to bring attention to, to who I am. It says, so I'll stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with my miracles. And I, I shall do in the midst of, midst of. And after that he will let you go. He already knew it. And I will grant this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be that when you go, well, you will not go empty handed. Look what I prepared advance. But every woman shall ask her neighbor and the woman who lives in her house articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing and you will put them on your sons and your daughters. Thus you will be, you will plunder the Egyptians. So I want you to know what, what, what the part that I want you to see is it's not just that he was questioning but more that God was saying I have this all taken care of. 
I got a mission for you. The mission is planned in advance. And I need you to know this. What we're going to learn about next is this. That gifts and abilities given by God are in place. Every gift and ability you have. I've, I can't tell you the number of people said, I, I don't know if I can do this. And I'll go, well, you know, if you're walking toward it, then God's going to give you those gifts and abilities. He's going to give you everything you need to do your work. Right? How many remember starting a new job? Just a little nervous? Hope I can do this. Anybody ever been there? Right? Man, if he's opened that door for you, he's giving you, he's already got something way in advance. Uh, the gifts and abilities are given. Let's go ahead and, and uh, read the next uh, few verses. And that's going to be uh, chapter 4, verse 1. And uh, we're going to read through uh, verse 9. It says, Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me? Now right here, everybody tends to focus on the fact that Moses has fear. This is what most people preach on. And I'm going, What's, what do I see differently? They preach on his fear. They said that Moses has a, a faith problem. And he's trying to just kind of uh, crawfish out of this and go, man, I, I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't want to do this. But I want us to focus on God's answer, not on Moses' response. Ready? Then Moses said, well, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Right? You know, the first two years, honestly, the first two years of starting this church, it was just, it was just amazing, but I was always waiting for it to crash. I was always waiting to make somebody mad, or always waiting for people to just leave. Isn't that sad? But I thought, okay, because it was me going, Lord, I, I'm just, you know, they're not going to like me. It, it's, it's not going to work. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to do something wrong. It never happened, but it's amazing how when God calls you to something, you always think, well, maybe I'm not the one. I even began to think, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm just going to start this church. I'll be gone in three or four years. That's what God's going to do. Nobody's, I'm not a pastor. And that, isn't that something that we all have a mission? And I did the same thing that he did. He says, and the Lord said to him, what is this in your hand? He said, a staff. And then he said, well, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent, it became a snake. And Moses fled from it. Can you imagine that? I'd like to see that in a movie. I mean, like a real live movie where he's screaming and, and jumping because most of it is, oh, a serpent. No, it's just, I, that would have frightened me. I don't like snakes. See? So then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, turned to a serpent, and he fled. But the Lord said, hey, Moses, stretch out your hand and get, grasp it by the tail. Yeah. How many of you would grasp a snake by the tail? Come on, be honest. Well, if God told me to. Okay. Yeah. No, now Michael would. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. He had a pet snake in his house. So what was his name? Uh, uh, the, what's that? Roy, Roy the snake. All right, he had a snake. Uh, but some people love. I, I watched the deal the other day where uh, 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 they had these people were cutting down a tree and then they cut the top of it and there were, it was somewhere where there are, uh, oh gosh, what are the ones that hiss at you and widen theirs? Yet they cobra. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw that. And they took out probably 12 to 15 of them out of that root and they were just grabbing them and putting them in a bag. And I was sitting there watching going, I, I, I just couldn't do that. I could not do it. So here's God going, throw down your staff. Staff, he, and he says, now pick it up by the tail. Pick what up? Can you imagine that? But he grabs it, and he picks it up, and it turns, into a, it turns back into a staff. Look at this. 
He said, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out his hand and grasp it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and he caught it up and it became a staff in his hand. And he said, and that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Every time you read that, you always go back to the first point in chapter one, which was what? God's a promise keeper. There it is. Every time you read that, don't let that bore you like the God of Jacob, the God of what? That's a promise keeper statement. He said, the Lord furthermore said to him, now put it your hand. This is weird. Put your hand into your bosom. And right here he said, and so, uh, and so he put his hand into his bosom. And he said, now I want you to take it out. And behold, his hand was leprous. It, he had leprosy. Bit, that would be freaky to me just to see that. And then he said, put your hand into your bosom again. So he did. And he put it into his hand into his bosom again. And he took it out, and behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you or heed the witness of the first son, they may believe the witness of the last son. But if they will not believe even these two signs or heed what you say, watch what he says here. Then you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the ground, dry ground, and the water which you take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. Isn't that something? He said, it's, it's, do that. And so he was saying, we're going to take something that they believe is a God, which the Nile, remember? The Nile, where they worship the Nile. He said, now you're going to take it and it'll turn to blood. In other words, what I want you to see is that the gifts and abilities uh, uh, were given by God are in place. He said, I'm going to allow these things to happen, right? I'm going to allow these things to happen. So I've given you everything you need. So I've got a mission for you, right? I've got this mission for you. I've planned it out in advance. I've given you all the gifts and abilities uh, are, are, are right in place for you. And listen, I want to tell you one more thing that I saw is this. And he says, and Moses, others are going to help you through this. Don't think you're going to be alone. There is no way I could have started this church without the 14 to 16 people that came and said we want to start it with you. I can't. I can't do this. Now the church has become uh, you know large enough that I, I, I can't lock every door. I, I can't empty all the trash all the time and, do other, and so now people are just coming in and they're taking care of those things. Right? Because why? People said, Pat, God said Pat my mission is for you to start a church. Right? And then he says, listen, I've planned in advance how I want it to happen. And I've given you the gifts and abilities to make it happen. So, you know, here, you know, I look at RJ only because he's an elder. But I, I always tell the elders, I don't know anything about building a building. Man, I can dream one up. Okay? I really could. I got plans for this property like you wouldn't believe. But I don't know anything about building a building. I don't know anything about land. So God brings all these different people. God says, hey, here's Mike McFarlane. And he helps us to make sure all this land, we got the right things. He puts the elders in place and says, hey, here's some men that are going to help you, right? You got people that come up and say, hey, look, I want to help clean the building. And I go, wow, thank you. Hey, I'll do the chairs for you. Thank you. God has begun to put people in place. Now, where you see this, this is our next few verses, beginning in chapter 4, verse 10. Look, look in verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, uh, I have never been eloquent, neither uh, recently nor in time past nor since. But he's sitting there saying, Listen, uh, I stink at speaking. I'm really bad at it. 
Um, and he says, you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said to him, well, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? It's almost like he goes, I can't, I can't talk real. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm slow to speech. And he goes, well, who, who has this planned out? Do you, who made your mouth? Who makes people mute and who makes people, people deaf? And who makes people see? Who makes people blind? He's sitting there going, I know all this about you. And he said this, and the Lord said to him, who has made, who made man's mouth? Verse 12, now then go and, and I, even I will be with, you, be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. But he said, please Lord, you send the messenger by whomever you will. And then the anger of the Lord, the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. And he said, is there not your, is there not your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently. And moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You hear that? Aaron, he's going to be glad in his heart. How many of you have ever uh, uh, thought about you're going to ask somebody something to do something? And you were nervous about it because you were hoping they'd say yes, but you just didn't know. Anybody have been there? Okay, try being a pastor. How's that? Hey, would you be willing to do this? And you always wonder, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to say yes? Is this going to, are they going to say no? And what he was saying is, you know what? Aaron's going to be your mouthpiece. In fact, when you go and you ask him and tell him, he's going to have a glad heart about it. And he's going to go, I'd love to. You see what God is doing? He not only took care of everything in advance, but listen, he was putting people in his place to help him with the job. And that's why I named people's name. I could have never done all this stuff, right? Ashley was our children's minister for a while. They helped us out greatly. I mean, there's so many avenues. Man, people holding babies back there. I don't want to hold babies. I'm sorry. You go, oh, don't you love little Ephraim? Yes, but... Their diapers get full, and I, I did my time. You know, I don't want some of you going. Oh, those we need you. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you. Now, so what I want you to see. Look at verse 15. It says, uh, "You are to speak to him, put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth in his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, he shall speak to you to the people, and he will be as your mouth, and you and you will be as God to him. For you and you." will be as God to him. You, you shall take in your hand this staff with which you shall perform the signs. And Moses departed. So what I want you to walk away with today is this. We look at all these big stories and they're good and they're biblical and I think they're important and we will discuss them. But all I wanted you to look at this morning is how God said, here's what I'm going to do. And how he did it. And take it and apply it to your life when you're questioning what you're doing or what you're, you're thinking about doing or what your desires are or what's next in your life. And that is, that is this, that God has a mission for you. The mission is planned out in advance. Gifts and ability uh, given by God are in place already. And others will help you. It's not about you. The mission is to bring glory to God. So that's why you're here. Maybe you don't like your boss at your job. Maybe the supervisor is very rude to you. But that's where you are. And you say, I don't know what to do. And you say, hey God, tell me what you want. If he says, stay, you stay. And while you're there, 
You're, you have all these things working for you. There's a mission there you have to complete. You know? That's when people come to church here. I, some, it was most of you. When you came to visit, I said, hey, listen, I don't, I just need you to know thanks for coming. I'll answer qu- any questions you have, but I don't go after people. I had one person say, what do you mean you don't go after people? And I said, I do not pursue membership. And I never have and I never will. And one man asked me, he says, why? Now, why would you say that? If you really want us to come here, and I go, I don't know if I really want you to come here, and that's not what's important. But what's most important is, because does God want you really to come here? And if you come here, you're less likely to leave because God has called you, not me. I didn't woo you in. You understand what I'm saying? And so what we need to understand is that uh, others will, uh, that gifts and abilities are given by God are in place. Everything's here. If, if God says, I want somebody to be here to pull them in. It's not about me. We have people that will be used to pull others in, but the mission is to bring glory to God. You know, as a, as a, as a pastor, um, and, and so this is what we learned at the very beginning. You take all those sentences, you break them down. Here it is. A mission in, for you is planned out and advanced by God. It's not about you. The mission is to bring glory to God. So as a pastor, that's why I have that picture back there. I told you last week I'd bring a picture that I commissioned to paint for me when it's on my sabbatical. And one of the things as the Lord was just speaking to me in a matter of moments, he said, you know, you're looking down at the sheep because they're all asking you questions and I need you to keep your eyes on me. And boy, a weight lifted off me. Okay? I mean, I had this beautiful picture of these sheep. They're all looking up because sometimes as a shepherd, you feel that way. People are just trying to, you want, they need answers and I'm okay. Peter, remember God said to Peter, hey, do you love my sheep? Yes, feed them. I mean, that's, we're under shepherds. And so I felt, I felt that weight and God was going, you need to, you need to look right up at me. I'm the shepherd and I've allowed you to under shepherd these people. And then in a moment, I saw these sheep looking at me, some of them looking down, and I saw some of them scurrying off to the right. You know, just kind of doing their thing. Because that's what sheep do. That's what we do. We're sheep. And sometimes we're really focused, and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we move away from the church, we move away from the Lord. And the ones that are moving away from the Lord are very susceptible to being attacked by wolves. Right? And all that was given to me in a flash. And I said, hey, I commissioned this painting. The painting is right back there. And you can see the sheep. You can see uh, me waving to uh, Christ up there, God. And there's some wolves in there. And you'll need to find where the wolves are if you want to take a look at it. But it's back there in the back. But here's, as a pastor, here's what this is. Paul told Timothy, a young pastor, he said this. He said, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing of his kingdom, that you preach the word and be ready in season and out of season. In season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to hear the, hear the, uh, to have their ears tickled, well, they'll, they'll accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. Everybody look at me. Moses, Moses, uh, remember his 40-year increment? 40 years being trained in the art of war, being trained and educated in the Egyptian life, being honored, but still having that Hebrew blood in him. And then the next 40, 
Remember, he kills, kills a person, and, and all of a sudden he has to leave because Pharaoh wants to kill him. Those 40 years, in that 40 years, all he did was shepherd sheep. He got married, had some kids, but then the next 40, when he's 80 years old, God calls him and says, hey, I, need, I got a mission for you. Listen. And now he's shepherding sheep. He's shepherding men. And listen, there will come a point that we're going to get to it. Remember for me, there will come a time where people will go, I just want you to tickle my ears. I don't want depth. I don't want the word. You read too many scriptures which is foreign to me in a church. You, you always read scriptures. But for you and me, we got to know that God has a mission. He's worked it out in advance, right? He's given us gifts and abilities, right? There are going to be people that come along your path, and some of you, if you're not careful, what you'll do is they may be better at you than what you, better at you, and you're going to have a pride, but they may be there to help you, Right? Uh, one of our members uh, has a piece of uh, sandpaper that's in his office. And when he walks in his doorway, uh, I love what he does. He looks at the sandpaper, sandpaper and every morning he takes and he rubs his fingers across it. Because he wants to remember that some of the people he's going to come in contact today are going to be very rough. But it makes him smooth. Some people are just sandpaper for you. But you want to get rid of them. But God has a plan that may be part of it. And so what I want to encourage you while you struggle through whatever it is. Remember last week's lesson? Anybody remember it? Anybody remember? Here it is. And all the while, God is working. So remember that. He's got a plan for me. All right? I used to tell my daughters all the time, God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you. Go to bed. God's got a plan for you. And they'd say, how do I know it? Right? Said, How, what do I do, Daddy? And I'd tell them, you just got to keep asking him. So keep asking him what his plan is and pursue him. And those things will, I believe, fall into place.